Welcome to Pint Night Podcast. This is Shane. We got Rudy. And we got... Carrie. Carrie from what? Carrie Kinnear. I'm a graduate student at the University of Texas at Austin in American Studies. Uh, I'm starting my fourth year. Um, I'm about to take my qualifying exams next week, so I cry like every day. That's a normal thing that I do. Um, my research focuses on the history of alcohol in the United States, um, and I specifically write about cocktails um, and the way that you can see particular kinds of social and economic change through the history of cocktails and bars in the United States. That's so interesting. Okay, That's so true. I'm very interested. No, no, you, no. Seriously, <laughs> after like the conversation we had, you're not only interesting, but you you know your stuff. You you know your shit. So tell me a little bit. Really good to know. What what do you okay? What do you see coming of alcohol in the U.S.? I know craft beer is becoming a big thing. Yeah, craft beer is a new thing. But my my research is like 19th century. So okay, yeah, let, let let's start from the history. So okay, let's start us from the beginning. Like, where do where do you start us? So my uh, like my master's report, which is an article that I'm working on right now too, um, focuses transition between punch and cocktails so like punch was a way that people like real fancy people got real drunk like in the 18th and 19th century um, and it was basically a way to condense like various products from around um, the empires like yeah. into a sort of luxurious form of consumption, consumption in the metropolis right so like if you're a really fucking rich person and you've got access to like all this fancy booze you're like well, what am I going to do with it you make it into a punch and it's a thing that you would make in your house and it'd be a big old That sounds like is, a badass party. Is yeah. that is that like trash can punch or is that like in the old days or? Yes, you know? it is just. It would be like if you had leftover trash can punch and then you're like, what am I gonna do with this? Oh, I know. I'm gonna have another party with more so, people and I'm gonna turn it into. That sounds like shots. a regular weekend. So, so back, <laughs> thing. Yeah. back then they didn't really have that much of what we have to offer here as much as you know gathering sort of spices and whatnot. It must have been like some small ingredients. Oh no no, they had a lot of stuff. Oh, they they had a lot of the same stuff that we do. We don't even have anymore because prohibition knocked a bunch of stuff out. Um, oh, but hold on, let me finish the thing about punch jelly. Okay. In yes. that recipe, it says that um, you should be very careful. I quote this all the time, so I might be able to do it from memory. But it's something like the the admixture of the gelatin conceals the alcohol so artfully that some, particularly of the softer sex, have been known to partake of it so plentifully that they can be rendered somewhat unfit for waltzing or quadrilling after supper. So I don't know if y'all have been rendered waltzing unfit or unfit for waltzing or quadrilling after supper, but I think some of us have. Um, but uh, no, people had access to a lot of different kinds of things, um, and people were very particular about like what I think we would consider like very small differences between alcohol, right? Uh, because this was a very luxurious thing, and it was sort of like for connoisseurs. So, like, there'll be different recipes for Medford rum versus Santa Cruz rum versus Jamaican rum, um, which are all, like, from different places and aged in a different way and, like, and, um, like produced in a slightly different way. So those tiny differences were considered, like, 
pretty important, I think, in the time period because you see lots of different recipes for each different kind. So, like, I guess you're saying, like, the colonies of the region, it would taste somewhat different but almost the same? Yeah, yeah, that it would be different, but, um, yeah, it would be, like, because Medford is, like, Medford, Massachusetts, and yeah, that yeah. was, like, cheap-ass rum as opposed to, like, Jamaican rum, which was made in Jamaica, and then it was oh. brought to the England. I know, crazy, right? brought to England and then it had to be like stored in the in the docks for a long period of time for like tax reasons and that made it it had to be stored for like 18 months and that made it special for, I, I don't know exactly so we got really drunk off the punch had the Boston Tea Party and they were like yeah don't tax our shit yeah they were like just let us make rum and don't give us this, give us this tea this is terrible yeah so for you, what's what's probably like the funnest subject of all this that you've learned? What's like the biggest thing that you really take away and say, I love this. This is um, what made me love this subject here. I mean, I already told you about punch jelly. Okay. That, oh, that punch good. jelly was your thing. Punch jelly's really good. I mean, like, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. That's somewhat unfit for waltzing or quadrilling after supper. That's incredible. So it sounds like you've made your own. I've not actually made my own punch jelly. Is this something that we have to do then as a group? Is this a team thing that we're developing right now? A yeah. punch jelly? Are we're we doing this? this? We're doing it. Okay. Yeah. I've made punch. So what we gotta do, here's what we gotta do. We gotta have one party where you make the punch. And we gotta drink some of it, but not all of it. So maybe we should make like a double recipe. Okay. I don't know. These recipes are very strong. They said as a rule of thumb that you should have at least Challenge accepted. ounces of hard alcohol per person. So that's like a lot. That is so we gotta have a bunch of it, and then we gotta have a leftover, and then we gotta like all stay at someone's house because we're too drunk to go anywhere, and we don't have Uber in Austin anymore. So then you gotta wake up the next morning and you go get some breakfast tacos or something, and you come back and you're oh, like, yeah. what am I gonna do with all this punch? Oh, I know. Party number two. <laughs> Hell yeah. Punch jelly. So what are the necessary tools to make that? I mean, you can, can you do this on the campsite? Can we go camping out, you know, like do some peyote, but not really? Yeah, that's a punch. great idea. <laughs> but not. That okay. You should probably not do that, listeners, but yes. Not comment on the peyote part, but you could. You might have to do a little bit of prep work before you went camping. I am a very experienced camper, so I can, I'll let you know that. Because there's something you have to do with the lemon that you might want to do at home. You have to, like, make a, a it's called an oleosaccharum. You have to, like, rub the lemon and the sugar together, and it takes a while. But um, I think if you made that and you brought it with you camping, you could definitely do it while you were camping. But the jelly thing, you might need refrigeration. Okay, okay. Electric. You just camp in the fall or something, you know. That's what they get Yetis for. I mean, they should, they should, you should be able to do that right there. That's true. So we're going to get together. We're going to do this. We're going to make all of our dreams come true. <laughs> so, you're you're you actually have a big test coming up. Yes, I do. Do you have your game face on? Yeah. Ask the questions about America. <laughs> we have your back. Oh, that's good. That's, I appreciate that. So with me this Friday, I'll be having a happy hour at the Hole in the Wall, starting from two o'clock onwards. Okay. Who was the first American to get drunk? All of them. <laughs> All of them. Uh, people regularly drink alcohol. And, and people, I asked her a couple of questions about history, just threw it out there. She answered clearly, this woman knows her history. That's true. That's true. You better watch out. That's true. So during that time period, what was the best, like, where was the best place to get, you know, this punch? People's houses. Just people's houses. You got drunk at people's oh, houses. Yeah. You didn't 
go to bars because bars weren't invented until like the 18. Okay, they were, they were invented a little bit earlier. They're invented like the 1840s, but they don't become really popular until like the 1880s. And people are like, oh shit, like we can go out of our house to another place and drink. And that's when punch becomes a lot less popular because punch doesn't really work well in a bar setting. I know it's becoming very trendy now at like fancy French places or whatever to like have a punch. And I got the, they're very nice, but like an individual drink works a lot better at a bar. So that's actually the next part of my research is writing about the period from like 1880 to 1920 yeah, yeah. when the institutionalization of the bar leads to like the development and flourishment of cocktails as like individual named drinks that sort of exist in this particular concrete way. So in other words, alcohol, like so do you know much about whiskey? Like when that came about? Oh, uh, I yes. do know things about whiskey. Whiskey was ex- extensively All really? of my, most of my work is, it sounds really fun and exciting, and I'm like, cocktails are fun, punch <laughs> is fun, it's all about slavery and genocide, oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. a lot of robbing, yeah. just like, bring it down. Yeah, because I mean, if you think about like, whiskey, right, something like whiskey, and, and rum also is, has like, very clear connections yeah, to yeah. the history of enslavement, like, in the British uh, Atlantic world, but whiskey, you know, comes from a, a cotton monocrop, right, so you have to have extensive fields, you have to have like, an of corn, I said cotton at first, but I meant corn, yeah. um, in order to have the sorts of agricultural surpluses that would allow you to create whiskey. So then, in addition to that sort of monocropping, you have to have the labor forces that are going to be able to maintain a very rudimentary sti- still for about 24 hours a day for a long time to produce oh, a yeah. large amount of whiskey. And you know who does that? Not fucking white people. Enslaved <laughs> people do that. And that, I mean, Jack Daniels recently acknowledged that their original recipe came from an enslaved person. Wow. Yeah. It's serious shit. <laughs> so, I, I always have this in the back of my mind. I knew it at one point. I researched it. So, what is the, what is the main difference between uh, bourbon and whiskey? Okay, so whiskey is like an umbrella term. And there's lots of different kinds of whiskey. I love rye. Rye is great. I love rye also. I love all of it. Cheers to that. Can we get a cheers to that really quick? There's no beer in my beer. So I feel bad. Why don't you have any more beer in you? I drank it all. Do you want some of mine? Do you want a sip? Where are you feeling it? There you go. There you go. Very gentlemanly. No, you're not so parched. So we're going to edit right there. Edit, 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 edit. Edit. I'm saying it a lot because we catch it. Okay, that's good. So, whiskey. There's Whiskey is like an umbrella term, right? There's lots of different kinds of whiskey. There's Irish whiskey, there's Scotch whiskey, there's bourbon, there's rye, and then there's like just sort of a general bonded whiskey. So, Irish whiskey and Scotch whiskey, you will be shocked to find out, come from Ireland and Scotland. Absolutely. And they're like peated, and, and they tend to be made from wheat and barley, predominantly. Okay. So, American whiskey, um, which most of it is bourbon, is made mostly from corn mash. Um, and bourbon, I believe, has to be, I think it has to be over 50% corn mash, and it has to be made in the United States. It definitely has to be made in the United States and not Kentucky. Right. right. Any, anything that fulfills the other requirements for bourbon that I can't quite remember off the top of my head um, that's made in the United States can be called bourbon. Rye has to be 51% rye mash um, in order to be called rye. And then there's lots of other kinds of whiskey that like don't necessarily fulfill requirements for bourbon or for rye, yeah, and those yeah. are just called like bonded 
the thing from beer, from the the kilting, from the uh, the barley is very minuscule to scotch, correct? Right. Yeah, I so, think so. What is the small process that is done when you decide, I guess, that you don't want to brew beer and you've already either roasted the the uh, the barley so much or doesn't make scotch? Well, I you know I don't know as much about brewing beer as I would like, so I'm not a hundred percent. But um, I think that you. It's not as common to malt a mash that you would turn into whiskey, right? Where that you would malt or put in hops to something that you would turn into beer. Um, but then there's also just the whole process of secondary fermentation. Right, right, right. Um, so that would be like the big, the, the big thing with So the new age, I know that like, you know, Americans and, uh, you know, Tennessee and Scotland, you know, they're all big in scotch and whiskeys. Uh, Japan is actually coming up really big in the game yeah, of Scotch whiskey. Really yeah, the bourbons are really making, good. Yeah, they can't call them officially bourbons. But yeah, the yeah. Are quite good. Do, do they have a similar process to what we're doing? Um, it's my understanding. I'm not 100 percent sure, um, but it is my understanding that they're using a lot of the same techniques and they're making something that's essentially would be bourbon if it were made in the United States. I know that's really hard to find. I know that every time you try to go get this, like Yamazaki is like one of the ones I had originally. Try to go find it, and they're like, "Dude, are you serious? You're not gonna find that." Like they look at me like I'm some idiot. It's tricky. It's tricky. So, what's your go-to yourself? Because a woman with so much knowledge about whiskey, bourbon, about scotch, what's your go-to beverage? Uh, my favorite beverage is a beverage that is free. right now he just man. threw his shirt off um, and he's drinking his beer and the crowd's going wild sorry for the background noise but this just happened it's getting wild out here this man is loving life right now I think his frat buddies are just going as wild as he is so I see I, I saw a lot of people coming up to you what are they, what kind of questions they're asking to you you know how many like why are these people always engaged in you uh, because I am delightful and funny <laughs> You're nice, you you're interesting, answers. and you have like a vast amount of knowledge. I love that. Yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you. That's very kind. What's an interesting fact about alcohol that we don't already know that we have to really dig deep and research? In? That's probably actually the most important thing. Yeah. Because people don't understand that. Yeah. yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's all about respect and understanding that what you're drinking, what you're doing, and people understanding that's, I'm sorry, the, the, it's so loud right now. Did you, did you go as far back as to like, oh, one second, people are going cheering. It's a very good time to take a drink right now. Is there like a sports ball thing happen? It feels like maybe a sports, sports thing. Yeah, I have no idea what's going on. Yeah. They're like, 
have to pause for a second. Absolutely. Yeah. Some very intense pointing. <laughs> These guys have nothing better to do right now. All of a sudden, feel like Then stand cool. there. <laughs> All right. These guys are giving me the jerk off motion yes. to this mic. It's not very cool. Should I go so, try to turn them? Yes. Yes, you should actually okay. do that. So, on a side note, because it's getting louder, where can our people hear you and check you out, social media, everything? Uh, well, I work for an organization called Food Waste Texas, and you can find me there. Uh, the rest of my social media sucks, and it's not really that impressive. But uh, I, you know, I present at academic conferences, and I have a graduate student profile at the UT American Studies website, and you can find that. Uh, my name is Carrie Kinnear, which none of you will be able to spell, and that's fine. Uh, and, uh, that's where I am on the internet. Perfect. <laughs> Thank you so much for spending some time with us. And I hope that we seriously get together, and we have like a party, and Lunch then jelly. another party. That's right. And it's gonna happen. Oh, definitely with tacos and jelly. It's gonna be good. Tacos we'll go and jelly. Camping, and I can't, I can't camping. make any promises peyote. about peyote. Little peyote, shrooms. Not, I don't even say that, but it's whatever. Fine. You know, camping's good. <laughs> Nature. All right. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers.